Let's look back at the games from Wednesday. There were seven of them on. A lot of blowouts, some interesting performances. There always is. Let's talk that. Let's talk a news on some Golden State Warriors injuries as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm going to charge it straight to the Underhills account. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. All right, we are here Wednesday. Thankfully, not 14 day- games on. Just the seven today, and we're going to talk about those games now. Uh, earlier today, there was a waiver wire show, so you can go check that out. We're not going to cover off the waiver wire trend since then, but let's do a bit of a news update in Golden State. Two new, two new injuries or injuries that need updating from yesterday. Gary Payton has suffered a torn calf. We don't know the full degree of that injury. We saw Carl Anthony Towns go down with that grade three calf tear last season and cost him about three months. So I'm going to guess this is yeah, at least out until the new year here for Peyton. Peyton was getting about 18 to 20 minutes a night, most nights. So this doesn't mean huge things necessarily. Yes, he won't play those 18 minutes a night, but Pajemski was basically out of the rotation, so he'll come in and take those. But, but Chris Paul is also out. So Chris Paul is dealing with a nerve irritation in his leg. Now, Woj is calling a day today, so that's why I'm not going to get super excited about Pajemski or Moses Moody here. But Steve Kerr did today address that he made a mistake in taking Moody out. Yes, say no shit, Steve. So that'll be something to watch. But there is those 18 minutes to go around from Peyton. That'll probably just go straight to Pajemski. Or we could do the old uh, we could do the old veteran stuff and go with Corey Joseph. Please, God, no. But with Chris Paul out, that does open up a lot for Moody, but also a lot more for Pajemski. I don't think that there's going to be long-term value in either of those guys, unless Chris Paul's is a long-term injury. But for the Warriors' next game, which is tomorrow, there is value in... I think it's tomorrow. There is value in Pajemski and in Moody, although I would prefer Brandon over Moses Moody in that scenario. But that's a... That's bad news for Peyton. It's bad news for the Warriors. They don't have any other real defenders um, outside of Draymond Green for or to cover things. And Peyton plays a huge role for them. And now he is going to be out. The other thing that we did get an update on is Victor Wembanyama has been listed as questionable or Jeremy Sohan has been listed as probable for the San Antonio Spurs for their game tomorrow. They've got a back-to-back Thursday, Friday. You would think that if the Spurs are going to be cautious with Wemby and he's listed questionable, that he sits one of those two games. I would expect that. Maybe we fire up. A little bit of Charles Bassey. Maybe that means Sohan plays at the four in one of those games. I don't think they want to break that experiment, but who knows? Might get some Bassey, might get some Dombalo into that one as well if Wemby is out, as I expect he's going to be out in at least one of the um, one of the next two games. Like I said, we've got seven games to discuss. Let's go straight into those games now. And the first game up is one of the many many blowouts that not only have the Pistons endured this season, but that we had to endure through the games on um, on Wednesday. The Pistons continue to lose 133-107. The Lakers win. This was 
losing to the Wizards and getting blown up by the Wizards is embarrassing. What went on for the Pistons today was just as bad. This is a team without a rudder, without direction, with poor management, with poor coaching, with poor players. Everything is bad about everything that's happening with this team. And something needs to change. But I don't know what they can change. They're not going to fire Monty Williams after they just gave him $80 million for seven years. That's not going to happen. Firing Troy Weaver today doesn't undo three years worth of damage. You're not going to trade away all of your players tomorrow. I don't know what you do. What what do you possibly do? They, they amazingly relying upon 34-year-old Boyan Bogdanovich, while it would be important, doesn't fix all of the problems here. So I don't know what they do. We'll talk about them in a sec. Let's talk Lakers. D'Angelo Russell was fantastic. 35-4-9 with two blocks and five threes on 77%. We love that. His minutes have been trending down. Good to see a big performance here. And Cam Reddish returned and didn't really help us, did it? We don't really get any clarification on what's going on here because Reddish was starting before he got injured, but he didn't start. He came off the bench. And that meant that Max Christie started and played 22 minutes. So Christie, who was getting zero minutes before, adds another variable into the Reddish, Reeves, and now Christie mix. I don't want to add Reddish, who was scoreless in 20 minutes. He missed all three of his shots. If he was playing 30-plus minutes a night, he was a good steal streamer. But it also impacts Reeves, who played just 24 minutes, 6-3-4. And, and I already got the question today, hey, do I drop Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves before today was the 85th-ranked player over the last two weeks and 58th over the last week, and he's comfortably in the top 100 for the season. So very, very clearly, you do not drop Austin Reeves. This is probably a buy low, though. As soon as I get a multiple questions on, hey, what do we do with Reeves? That means it's buy low time. I don't think they'll run Reeves, Reddish, and Christie all together like this again, or or ongoing anyway. So this is going to push Reeves' minutes back up eventually. I'm not too worried. Christian Wood feasted in a revenge game, 12-9 and nine with one steal and two blocks. He got a lot of that damage done late, while LeBron had, uh, what did he have, 25-8, and eight, and uh, AD had 28-16 with three blocks. Good numbers from all of those guys. Torian Prince did his thing, hit three threes. We're still a couple of games away from Vanderbilt, Hachimura, and Gabe Vincent returning, and then Jackson Hayes hurt his elbow in this one and didn't return. He looked like he was okay, but they did not um, want to risk it against an absolute nobody um, of a team. On the Pistons side of things, I, I don't really know how to view this. I, I don't know what to say. They used all 13 players. They'd used all 12 of their active players in the first half. No one played more than the 28 minutes that Marcus Sasser played, who had nine with eight assists, two steals, and two blocks. Really good game from Sasser. And he had pushed up, and it looks like he is clearly ahead of um, Killian Hayes and clearly ahead of Alec Burks. But uh, how do we? what do we do with this team? Sasser's a deeper league guy. They play again tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow? I think they're one of the teams. Yeah, they, they, they play tomorrow. Don't know why I'm doubting myself. They play tomorrow. So yeah, you could consider Sasser as a stream, but everything about this is a mess. Kate Cunningham, the counting stats look fine. 15, 4, and 5. You don't hate that. That's totally okay. One steal, fine. Two threes, whatever. Only one free throw attempt, not great. But he, he was, I thought he was really bad today. He was a minus 33, another poor shooting night. Uh, he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Neither did Dura, neither did Stewart. Um, Asar Thompson was benched in the first half. Jaden Ivey did play in the fourth quarter, but only ended up with 19 minutes as a starter. I, I don't know what to make of any of this. Ivey was bad. Duran was bad. Stewart was bad. Everyone was bad. Asar Thompson finished with 12 and 6 in 21 minutes. And I'd say you could just ignore all of this because it was a blowout, but it's every single game for these dickheads. Everything happens all the time. Like, I'm not dropping Asar. I'm not dropping Ivey. I'm not dropping Duran. I am dropping Stewart very, very clearly. He's the, I won't say he's the cause of the problems because he's not, but he's not helping anything. He needs to go. Livers needs to start on this team until Bogdanovich returns. That's the one move that I would make here. Cunningham, Ivy, Duran, they need to figure their shit out. So does Asar. They need to all figure it out working together. Stewart does not. Livers needs to be in there. 
Or who else could you put in there? Stanley Amudo? Like, no, there's no one else you can put in there. This is an unserious franchise with an unserious group of players, an unserious management team, and an unserious coach who's just literally there to collect a paycheck. It's embarrassing, and, and I don't really know what we do with this from here. I do know what we do. We hold Cunningham. We hold Duran. We hold Ivy. We drop Stewart. We consider Sass a stream for tomorrow. Livers was good, 14 with four threes. But that's his first good game, and he's a bad permanent producer. They just make me sick. This team, like it's it's bad, and I feel I feel bad because I like a lot, actually a lot of the players. But yeah, it's really really poor the way that, as you're well aware as uh, as things are happening over there. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. If you're looking for tickets to an app, it shouldn't be a stressful process. In fact. It should be easy, and that's exactly what Game Time does. It means you don't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. In fact, if you go into the Game Time app and you go in and choose to buy a ticket to a Pistons game, it actually shuts your whole phone down. It doesn't let you do it. It's like, bro, I'm just going to save your money here. I'm going to be honest. You don't want to go watch this trash. So that's one of the great features that Game Time has. It also has killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views directly from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Love what they do on the app. The all-in pricing is fantastic. You don't want to go onto an app and choose a ticket and then you get slugged with a, um, a, a fee, like a processing fee, a transaction fee, a phone call from within prison fee. Shout out to Tom Gores. That's not part of Game Time. But they all these hidden fees on other sites. All of it is included on Game Time. You click the ticket and the price is there. All right, so just go and get the Game Time app. Download it and we've got some deals for you here as well. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. <clears throat> All right, let us go on to the second game of the day, which was a team that somehow is going to avoid getting called a complete embarrassment because the Pistons played today, and that is the Wizards being... They're still pretty embarrassing. Uh, they lose to the Orlando Magic. Uh-huh, 139-120. Um, only one player got over 30 minutes. I don't know what Kyle Kuzma has done to be immune to the nonsense. 35 minutes, 23-3-6. The assists for him have been really impressive. We love what he's doing. He's actually been pretty good from a fantasy point of view, but everyone else gets benched except for him. Uh, four or five from the line, 45 from the field. Really strong game from him. But it was really strong from Denny Avdia too. 22, four and five with two steals. He's been extraordinarily up and down. Good shooting in this game, but it's hard to know what's going to happen with him game by game. And if you want to talk about not knowing what we're going to do game by game, Jordan Poole. Only 26 minutes of this one. If Poole had played 34 minutes, this actually probably would have been a really good game. 19, five and two, two steals, a block, four triples, five of six from the line. But he continues to be annoying. He continues to be ridiculous. He's top 100 over their last five games, so I guess that's something. But man, he just looks completely shot. Like, he just looks done. And it's so weird to see. Gafford, only four points, but the two blocks and four assists is a nice little surprise. That's not a terrible game for him. While Koulibaly had seven and five in 25 minutes, and while I do think Bilal is going to be an interesting player, I don't think that the actual value in having him now or stashing him is going to be worth a payoff. He might do something later on, but I'm not sure it's going to be worth it. And I'm getting a little bit closer to that with Tyus Jones. I think we still hold, but 21 minutes. Like, what? Why? Seven, three, and four with two steals. I think Tyus Jones, out of anyone on this team, has the highest chance of being traded. He's an unrestricted free agent coming up. <clears throat> he serves no purpose on this team. He's not their future point guard. I don't think he's going to stay on this team, which you'd think might hurt his value if he goes to a better team, but would it? Because, I don't know, he's not doing much now. I think we hold him for now. 
but it's looking pretty rough. The Magic, it's looking pretty good because Franz Wagner dropped in 31 in 31 minutes. He had four threes and a block. The buy-low bump kicking an ass here at the moment. While Suggsy had 22 in 29 minutes, three threes and two steals, he continues to play at a very high level. He has been super impressive, and the run from Cole Anthony has been equally impressive. 26 minutes for Cole, 25, 6, and 5, two blocks. Both of these blokes need to be on rosters. We still don't know, A, when Markel Fultz will return, or B, what will happen when he does return. But it's safe to say that Suggs will keep starting, obviously, and Cole will get his minutes off the bench. They probably just won't be as secure. Probably the best game from Anthony Black. 7-5-3 and three for Mr. Black, with a block and a three on 60% shooting. We're obviously not rostering him in, in any 12 or 14-team league. While Paulo Bunkero had 6-4-4. Four, and four. Probably his worst game of the season, honestly. He's been pretty good. Uh, that's just not a good one. Goga had 8-7 and seven with a block in 24 minutes, while Mo Wagner had 11-4, and four, and they both just did the things that they do. And they both have 12-team value. We'll reassess it when Wendell Carter returns, but for now, we can use both of those gentle fellows. Let's move on to the next one. It is the Toronto Raptors. My Toronto Raptors beating the Phoenix Suns 112-105. Another strong game from Yusuf Nurkic. 19-14-6 with two blocks. He is on an absolute heater. Top 40 over the last two weeks. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic. Putting up big numbers. I'd say it's a sell high, but no one's giving you top 50, so just enjoy what's happening. Because it is not out of the realms of possibility that Nurkic turns into top 50 season. He's got the skill set. Blocks, assists, rebounds, percentages, scoring. He can, he can actually do all of this. So unless someone gave you top 50, I would just roll with it and enjoy what's happening. Durant came back 30 and four with six assists, didn't shoot very well. But the concern has to be on Devin Booker, who was bad, but there's a reason for it. He played 33 minutes. He had eight points on 17%. Didn't hit a three, had five rebounds and five assists, but he hurt his ankle like twice. And that's not great. He looked like very proppy towards the end. We know he's had multiple lower body injuries already this season. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this means that there is something going to happen further and it's going to swell up and he's going to lose some time here, which is frustrating again for like the fourth time this season. That means we definitely hold on to Eric Gordon. Um, we could consider Jordan Goodwin, especially if Grayson Allen's out, but I think Allen will be back next game. Uh, Gordon had 10 points while Jordan Goodwin had 9, 6, and 4. Better game from Akogi, but I don't think there's much to see there. What we would really be interested in is Gordon and Allen, if Booker, which I think is a possibility if Booker does miss time. Um, for the Raptors, Scott Barnes started off slow and then fantastic. 28 or 38 minutes, sorry, 23, 7, and 4. And he got the three blocks and perfect from the line, 8 of 8. That is a fantastic game after a little bit of a downturn. Well, Siakam, did they, were they both able to do it? They weren't because we were always doing the usage check. And Barnes did all that with just 21 usage. Siakam, 30. 22 and 9 on 43%, but good games all around. And Schroeder had just the eight points on 27%. He has fallen way off after a hot start, but the 12 assists are strong. And there's a lot of solid enough performances. Ananobi's still not fully there, but we talked about how, where are the steals? Where, where, where are my steals? Like, you know, do I need to have a conversation about the steals? Where's the pretzel money? He's like, what's going on? He had three steals and a block. We're back. Three threes. Hopefully we're back. Well, Yucca Pertle played 30 minutes, and that's all I want to see. 17 and 4 on 89%, which I love. Gaz Trent did what he needed, and that was three threes. He also missed a lot of other shots. He's only a streamer. Well, the big sneeze himself, Precious Achua, had 14 and 10 with two steals. I don't really care for majority of fantasy leagues, but he did do that after being in foul trouble in their game yesterday. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. Yes, Fangel Sportsbook. When the weather is cooling down, like it is now for you guys, the offers over on Fangel are just heating up. 
Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Simple as that. And then once you get those bonus bets, it's straightforward. You can use those on parlays, on player props, on over-unders, on totals, money line bets, uh, futures as well. We're going to take a look at the NBA's in-season tournament. We've got eight teams left. The final coming up in about 10 days' time in Vegas. You can bet on who you think is going to win, the uh, MVP as well of the in-season tournament. It's all there over on Fangio. The app is so easy to use as well. So go to fangio.com slash locked on and tip off or finish off the NBA's in-season tournament. Fangio, an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, that'll bring us into the next one. We're going to look at another blowout game, unfortunately, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mix things up with the starting lineup and they blow out the Jazz 105-91. The Jazz are still without Larry Markin and no uh, Chris Dunn in this one. So we got another start from uh, Simone. Oh. Love when a sneeze. No, sneeze happens mid-sentence. Simone Fontecchio, 25 minutes, 12-4-4 with four threes. 31% shooting. That's pretty rough. I don't know what we take out of any of this game. Another game where the minutes and everything's all over the shop. If you want to get excited, though, Walker Kessler, 28 minutes, 9 and 8 with 6 blocks. Now, somehow, we still shot only 36%, but getting those blocks is what's key, and those minutes are up. Are they actually going to persist with this Omer Yurtseven nonsense? I don't think so, but he had 4 and 4 in 15 minutes. Surely, that doesn't stick. Well, Taylor Horton, Tucker, and Colin Sexton, actually, for what they what they are, they're actually pretty good, but they were dreadful. 9, 2, and 3 for Sexton, 5, 4, and 3 for Horton, Tucker. These guys are just not very good, and they're not. they shouldn't be part of a winning rotation, and this obviously isn't a winning team. But they're not putting up good numbers. They are still... Colin Sexton's still rostered in 35% of 12-team leagues. What? Why? Anyway, Olenek, 18 minutes only, but 5-2-2 two and two with two steals. They don't need Yurtseven playing. They need Kessler starting and Olenek coming off the bench. It makes no sense to me that they're not doing that. Olenek's just more of a stream guy. While Clarko, the man on the street, had 12-3-5 and five and uh, not a great game from Keontae George. He's still really low usage, which is strange considering what he did at Baylor. But 8-3-2 in 24 minutes. I am holding if I've got the ability to. And uh, Johnny Collins had 17-4. and four. Collins has been, I think, fine this season. I wouldn't say he's been good. I wouldn't say he's been a fantasy steal at all. I think he's been, like, okay. Still just a back-end guy without any real threat, I don't think, of becoming better than that. We got 21 Oshai Baji minutes for nothing. And, like, I don't know. This team is also just really, really struggling at the moment. The Grizzlies made that change. They made the change to the starting lineup. Derek Rose started, and David Roddy started, and Santi Aldama came off the bench, and Jacob Gilliard. I would say he came off the bench, but he played zero minutes. Jalen Noel played 18 minutes, missed all six of his shots. That's what he can do. He's not really much of an option. Well, Aldama played 25 and had 11 and 4 with a triple one. I do not believe that you need to roster Santi Aldama. You've heard my thoughts on Santi Aldama many, many times this season. He was playing out of position. He's really just a points and threes guy with a little bit of rebounding. I don't think he's got significantly big upside. Um, he's going to have ins and outs and big games and small games. He's fine, but we don't need to do it. And then David Roddy had 19 and 6, but only played 25 minutes with five threes. I also don't trust Roddy as far as I can throw him. He's like a deeper league player to me. If I'm going to look at anything that's interesting, it's probably Derek Rose, who played 27 minutes and had 14, 4, and 9. That is honestly a really good game. But Rose has always had these issues in fantasy. Low threes, no steals, no blocks, um, bad rebounder, shot well, but didn't get to the free throw line. And he's always had a well below his actual ability level of fantasy game. Part of the issue with being washed, which I will, Derek Rose, I think, still is washed. He, he has been for years, is that you can't sustain this stuff long term. And we saw this last season with Kemba Walker, right? Where Kemba Walker came in, had that one good game, and then was trash every other game. This can happen. 
I'm not saying that Derek Rose is that bad or is in that level of play at the moment, but Rose is solid now and he's playing better than Jacob Gilliard and Jamaran and Marcus Smart are still weeks away. So if you do want to try Rose at the moment, do it. But I think he might give you like 120th best sort of production with some bad games and with some good games. I don't think his body can sustain 30 plus minutes, which is going to be an issue there as well. Good to see Des Bain bounce back. 17-7-9 and nine with three steals. But the, the buy low on Jaron Jackson finally came through. 20-6 and six is not ideal, but one steal and six blocks. Well, it's not, it's not bad. 26 is good. But one steal and six blocks, that's why we have Jaron. He's still shooting poorly. Um, there were some people who considered dropping him, which was fa- fairly foolish. Uh, good numbers from him. And good to see Biombo get some good numbers too. Six points is shit, obviously, but six rebounds, one steal, three blocks. I think he should be on more 12-team rosters than he is at the moment. Bismack. We got um, 25 minutes out of Zaire Williams. He had 15 and 8 with two steals. He's very, very tough to rely upon, like Roddy, like Aldama, like Rose, like any of these guys. They're all so up and down that it's just sort of chasing your tail to try and find the right guy to stream in. I wouldn't prioritize adding really any of those guys at this point. All right, let's do the next one. The Sixers got, oh, and so did the fantasy world, and so the NBA world, I guess, got a, a shock with a late Joel Embiid scratch, and the Pelicans took advantage, 124-114. Honestly, this game wasn't really as close as that final score makes it appear. Torres Maxey, of course, played the customary 38 minutes, 33 points, three assists, and three threes on 52% shooting. He was awesome in this game. And the old the old mate, the big fella himself, De'Anthony Melton, 17-3-5, four steals, one block, four threes. This is the time of the year where I get inundated with apologies from people who are like, why do you fantasy analysts love Melton? Just give up on it. It's never going to happen. He's trash. All the apologies, they always come flooding in at this time of the year. So it's always great to get those. I appreciate you guys sending those through. I don't really think there's going to be a gigantic impact on Melton when Ubre returns, but there will be something probably, especially from a big usage game like this. We also got 30 minutes of Bob Covington, 12 and 7 with four threes. That is eye-opening. And that is because Nick Batum left this game just after halftime with a finger issue. I don't know whether Batum is going to be a serious injury and Batum might be out, but Ubre might return, so who knows? But it's worth just keeping an eye on Covington here. If you wanted to take an advance grab, then do it. Do it. They were without Embiid, so of course, Nick Nurse. I'm sorry, Nick. This is one of the dumbest things you'll ever do. Well, actually, this is one of the dumbest things you'll ever do again because you did it again. You started Marcus Morris. What is with the washed-up veterans? You don't need to play this man. A, he's not even a center. B, he's not good. C, he's worse than the other two centers you got, and one of them is Mo Bamba. Morris played 17 minutes, was a minus 17, and had seven points. Mo Bumba was actually the first center off the bench in another situation of what are you doing. He did pick up two early fouls and had six points. And wouldn't you know it, Paul Reed ended with 27 minutes, nine, four, and five. The Paul Reed um, circle jerk from me, but you know, thanks to Nick Nurse, at the start of the preseason looks so stupid now. Why would I believe this um, self-branded logo hat-wearing dickhead again? Like, uh, what, do you, what do you do with it? It's frustrating. Why would you start Marcus Morris? I, I don't get it. You deserve to get pumped. And they did. Beverly had 11 points with seven assists. That's cool. I don't, I don't care in really any fantasy league. And this, this team sort of just fell apart without Embiid and they weren't able to get things going. Maybe if they started the right player, it would help and not use him as your third string center. That would also help as well. For the Pelicans, I'm, uh, I'm conflicted here. Well, let's start CJ first. 28 minutes for CJ, 20 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. He hit his free throws, which is great. Field goal's not so good. Awesome to have him back. Great performance. He's gonna, I think he's going to miss a game coming up. I'm just going to double-check the date on this because he can't fly initially with this lung problem. So let's double-check. 
He's not going to play on the Saturday game in Chicago, but he says he'll be right to join the team and fly for the Monday game. Weird, only a day in between, but apparently he won't play Saturday, but he will play Monday. So we're going to have him back and then stream someone else in on Saturday, but it's a 12-game day, so we don't stream anybody. Good to have CJ back, though. Good performance from him. Hopefully he's able to keep this up. I'm not convinced that he does, but hopefully he does. I'm going to save some of the other good stuff for later. But what we are seeing now is way more minutes of Jonas Valanciunas, which is impressive. 19-6-3, He's got a chance to really bump through it and blow up uh, versus the value that he had preseason because they've changed their game plan with him this season. Herb Jones is in a struggle patch. 7-3-6, no defensive stats. When your game is relied upon with defensive numbers, they can disappear very quickly. This is the perfect illustration. I would not drop Herb Jones. I think there could be worries coming later on once Trey Murphy arrives, but this is the problem. He is not a dynamic offensive player. He's not a reliable shooter. The six assists are nice. He relies on defensive numbers, and they don't always come the way that you want them to come. That is what she said. But we still hold on to him. Dyson Daniels moved to the bench, played 14 minutes, had four and six with two steals and a block, while Geordie Hawkins had another 16 with three threes. Hawkins looks like he might be a three-point streamer, but this is going to be really chopped off once Trey Murphy returns. I don't see how Hawkins is going to play this much when Trey is back. I've buried the lead on the two big names here. Let's talk Brandon Ingram, 15, four and six, which is not bad, but he took just seven shots with 12 usage. He's the one that took the back seat, not CJ, not Valanciunas. That's very interesting. The six assists are nice. But I do want to save a section of this show right now for the biggest bird, Zion Williamson. This is when we talk about Zion Williamson, right? When we talk about Zion and we and I say, and you laugh at me, some of you do, or you criticize or you call it back. And I, when I say, I think that at some point, if it comes together, Zion has top 15 upside. This is why. This is the package coming together. 33, 8, Six assists, three steals, a perfect 11 of 11 from the field because honestly, once he's rolling, he cannot be stopped. And then he hit his free throws and went 11 of 12. We highlighted Zion on, I don't even know what show it was. Oh yeah, it was the Buy Low show talking about how he was uh, a Buy Low two weeks ago and we refreshed and I said he was 34th over the last two weeks in, buy, in, in minus one. Rolling, absolutely rolling. And he's got that field goal percentage but back up. He looks good. Now there's two things we can say he was on. You're shit scared of him getting injured so you could sell high. But you know who else is well aware of Zion Williamson's injury history? Every person on the planet. Everybody. Every single person. It's one of the things that people who don't even follow the NBA know. I could go and say to my partner, hey, what do you know about Zion? Uh, screw that that chick with the big ass, the porn star, and he's always hurt, right? That's that's what she'd say. Everyone knows this. So it's not like here and we go, bro, you want Zion? And they go, and they go man, well, he, oh, yeah, he's, he's awesome, yeah? He's fantastic, Zion. I've heard that name. Everyone knows. So I don't know how you'd pull off a sell high. And if you did, you'd be losing value off him, right? Significant. Because no one's going to pay up anything close to top 50 for him. But what if he actually is healthy? Because he has had a healthy season. It has happened. It's not to say that it will happen, but we can't preclude it happening. And as I said, this is like evolved Zion. I reckon there's even more to come. He took 11 shots. What if he takes 20? Like, what if he took 20 shots? He wouldn't be perfect 20 of 20. But we're in that stage where everything screams sell high. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. But you can't actually do that. You can't sell him high. Nobody would buy it. And I think he can get better. He might not, but he can. And I think you just got to ride it out. I, I don't know what else you do. For his guy that's been as quiet 
and as disappointing as he has this season, he's been pretty bloody good. And he's getting better and better and better. It's a conundrum. You cannot sell. And if you sold him, what would you get? A top 90 player? And what is the point of that? There's none. So I, I just, I, yeah, it's tough. Because I get it. There is, I would have legitimate, I don't even know if I've got Zion on a team. I think I do. One maybe. Yeah, dynasty team. I do. But I can't do anything with it. But we're seeing like the evolution of, of where it can go. And it's exciting. We just need it to be there consistently. And I hope, I hope, I hope it gets there. Not counting my chickens, but some really good signs lately from Zion. Let's go to the next one, which the final score of this game is not really indicative of the game. It looks like a 10-point victory to Denver. Well, it looks like a 10-point victory to Denver because it was a 10-point victory to Denver. But the final five or six minutes of this game were garbage time. The Nuggets 134, Houston 124. We got Cam Whitmore, Nate Hinton, Jermaine Samuels, and Jonathan Williams Jr. playing the final six minutes of this game. That's why it sort of blew out. There was no Fred Van Vliet in this one. Obviously, he's a huge part of what they do. And Jay Sean Tate was out here also. But that meant that we got a huge, huge Jalen Green game. I didn't really think that this was going to have a massive impact on him. It helps that he shot 67%. But the nine assists are, as Sheev Palpatine would say, a surprise to be sure. But a welcome one. Shengun dropped it in again, 22-7-4 and in his 28 minutes, while Jabari Smith just, he continues to plot along. Very good numbers at the moment. They're not blowing us away, but they're really strong. 15-7 and seven with a block and two threes. Aaron Holiday started for Fred VanVleet. He's just not it, honestly. Look, it hurts because he's their third string point guard because the men and Fred were both out. He had 9-3-5, and five, and Dylan Brooksy Brooks still rostered in 55% of 12-team leagues. You blokes might want to wake up. 11, 1, and 2 on 7 shots, 57%. Not much else going on. Tari Eason still couldn't get it done, but he is at least playing on the back-to-back. He is not a 12-team league player. 4 and 2 with 2 blocks for Tari. And there's really not much else going on there. Jeff Green scored 12. Revenge game. For the Nuggets, Jokic and the headmaster returned. We only got 22 minutes for Jamal Murray. He had a slight little issue early in the game, but he was fine. Ended up 22 minutes, 16, 6, and 6, 29%. He's going to be rusty, but the usage was up. So that meant Reggie Jackson moved back to 24 minutes, 14, 2, and 2 with two threes. You can just look at Jackson now as a stream guy when Murray is out. KCP, 10, 1, and 2. I don't think he's must roster. I think he's fine to roster. He's not must roster. While Michael Ponder Jr. bounced back from a bad game last time out, 30 and 10 with seven triples, and Jokic had 32, 10, and 15. Bit, bit of the same from him. Good game from Justin Holiday, which I don't like saying. 11, 3, and 4 with three threes. He only took seven shots, but he's starting in place of Aaron Gordon. He's not any sort of even stream option, really. He's not even a long-term option, clearly. While uh, Julian Strouder went scoreless in 13 minutes. And Christian Brown at least had 11 points, but only the 19 minutes. Honestly, there's just not a huge amount that happened in that game. That's particularly interesting for us from fantasy, I don't think. Lastly, we go to Sacramento. No surprise on a back-to-back. The Kings don't have the juice to get over the LA Clippers. 131-117, the final score they're here. The Clippers win on the road. This is a back, the first of a back-to-back for the Clippers they play again tomorrow. Um, but finally, we get a big Jim Harden game. 26-3-6 with five steals and five threes. While that's very good, it does come with 57% shooting. And the things we've been looking at for Harden is, hey, is, is the assist rate going to jump up or is the usage rate going to jump up? And the usage rate did jump up, but to 20%. So while this is very good, it did require unbelievably good shooting to get there. So I'm not, I don't think we're fully out of the woods here on Harden putting up big, big numbers. So I'm not, I'm not fully there. 
it is good to see a big game, second game in a row from Kawhi. The usage still wasn't great, but he also shot 78%. 34-9, one steal, two blocks with two threes. But unfortunately, it's two subpar games for Paul George. He did take 18 shots, the same as Kawhi, but only 19 points with 39% shooting. The seven assists and four threes are nice. And I think the way that all of that sort of distributed in this game is probably more indicative of how we're going to see things moving forward. But I think it is going to be quite up and down at times. 30 minutes for Zubats, 14-8 and eight with three blocks. So he has sort of taken back control of that role over Daniel Tice, who played only 17 minutes. While Terrence Mann, good game for him, 18 points on 12 shots. I'm not going to add Terrence Mann. He's a an emergency streamer more for 14-team leagues who occasionally has good games. But let's be honest, he's not even a top 200 player this season. Westbrook down to 19 minutes. He's all over the shop with minutes. Eight assists is still really nice. But that's why I can't have him as a must-roster player. When you can play 25, 22, 17, 30, and be still detrimental in percentages, it's really hard to look at that as must-roster. 9, 5, and 8 is all right, but I don't trust I don't trust the minutes enough to say that we have to have him under all circumstances. Norman Powell went to the locker room after copping a bit of, bit of a nasty hit for the knee, um, only played the 13 minutes, struggled. We can drop him. He's, he's yeah, a nice little run. A couple of games ago, it's fallen away. Move on. Get someone else in. For the Kings, De'Aaron Fox. Wow. We talked about how bad he was from the line the other day. He was great here. 9 of 10. And then he went 61 from the field on 23 attempts. That is huge usage, huge percentages, 40 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Unfortunately, he was a minus 17, which is bad. Sabonis was, wasn't far off. Actually, he was worse. Minus 19. He's, he's also struggling a little bit at the moment. 11, 5, and 3 on 25% shooting. I think that's two games in a row of sub 30 from Sabonis. What? He was 75 from the line as well. No defensive stats. He started off the season terribly. He had a run where he was like a top five player, and now he's fallen back outside the top 50 over his last five games. He's been very inconsistent. Like I mentioned on yesterday's show, Chris Duarte will not remain a rotation player. He was benched uh, for the second half, and Sasha Vesenkov, uh, Vesenkov sorry, started the second half. 13 points with three threes. Sasha is a deeper league streamer while Keegan Murray is out, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy played 34 minutes and had 9, 5, and 4, but it was another good game from Malik Monk. Leaky had 14, 4, and 2 with two threes in 28 minutes. It is helping that Keegan is out. I just think they should give Monk 30 minutes every night. I think he's good enough to do it. I think he is more of a 12-team league guy than the fraudulent player that is Kevin Herter. This happens, and I'm probably not going to harp on it again. I will. I'm probably not going to harp on it again here with Herter, but this is going to happen. He's going to have two or three good games, and he's going to turn to shit. Seven, seven, five, and 5. He's all over the place. In the last two weeks, he's 97th. In his last five games, he's 169th. Like, it's just all over the place. Top 40 run, top 200 run. That makes it impossible to rely upon as a must-roster guy. He's a fine guy to have on your 12-team roster, and if he's on the wire, I wouldn't rush to grab him. I'd be interested in it, but I wouldn't rush to do it. He's not must-roster. Duarte, yeah, he's leaving the rotation soon. Seven points in 13 minutes for him. It was a stinker for Trey Lyles, who still is just more of that deeper league player. That is all of the games. That is seven done for a Wednesday. So let's um, let's give it a stream of the day recap. Yeah, that's where we're getting into. We're going to do a stream of the day recap. Not a bad day for the stream of the day. We went with the 10-team stream as Cole Anthony dominated 25-6-5 with two blocks. The 12-team stream was Mo Wagner 11-4-1 with a block. You actually take that. I think that's all right. A 14-team stream, Nick Batum, well, that got injured, in, ended through injury, 3-1-0 and zero there, so it can't really be, or well, you can be disappointed with it, but you can't say it's a bad pick when someone gets hurt. 
16-teamer was Bob Covington, and that obviously benefited from the Nick Batum injury. So Covington dropped 12-7 and seven with an assist and a block, so we love that. And then the points leagues ones didn't hit today. Keontae George was both of them. He had 12.6 Yahoo points and 11 ESPN points. Uh, bad result all around for, uh, for both of those ones. That'll bring us now to look at the monstrous line of the night for Wednesday. Pretty tight up at the top, and I'm not sure if this guy's ever done this before. He probably has. But the monstrous line of the night goes to D'Angelo Russell. He blocked two shots, amazingly. Had 35 points, four rebounds, and nine assists. Played a lot of minutes, a lot more than he had been playing as well. Big, big night. The waiver wire line of the night. Oh, that's the wrong button. Hit the waiver wire trends button. I should hit the waiver wire line of the night button. Doesn't matter. We're looking at the... Yeah, amazingly, someone from uh, from Memphis, Zaire Williams. 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 steals. I honestly have no idea what to take out of that Grizzlies rotation. That's good from Zaire. I don't think I'd add him. The young gun of the night. Well, it's the same shit. Like, I, I don't know what to do with Memphis, and I don't know what to do with David Roddy Piper. 19 points, 6 rebounds, shot 64% from the field. He started the second half of the last game. He started this game. I guess if you want to stream him, he's into the action there over Aldama, but I don't really trust it. I don't trust his consistency or his abilities. Deeper league, sure, but I'm not really thinking I'm going to do much more than that. And then we go to the dud of the night, which is disappointing because this guy and this team dominated. He's been killing it. The team is rolling. They're, one, they're the second best team in the Eastern Conference, but it is. Paulo Bunkero today, six points, four rebounds, four assists. He just had a stinker. That is all. The top six players. Let's go through their value from today. Um, number one, or not number one, let's go through the top six for category leagues. Number one was D'Angelo Russell, followed by the biggest birds, Zion Williamson, followed by Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic, Jim Harden, Yusuf Nurkic, and Jalen Green comes in at number six. I haven't seen Jalen Green in the top list of players very often, but a big game from him taking uh, a lot of that playmaking away with Fred Van Vliet out. The top six players, Ross, in under 50% of leagues, it's a rough list, man. Zion Williamson, David Roddy, like, maybe... I don't know what to do with that. Bob Covington, I guess, if Batum is out, we stream him in. Christian Wood, total blowout scenario. The only guy I like there to for 12-teamers, and it's real back-end stuff, is Bismack Biombo, who came in at number five. And the other one is Joe Ingles, who had six assists. But like, what about... Ingles has got no upside. You can stream him in for low-volume days, but that's about it. I don't really see much more um, with that. And then lastly... We look at the top six players for points leagues from Wednesday's games. Number one was Jokic, followed by Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Zion Williamson, Kawhi Leonard, and Michael Ponder Jr. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb that up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.